This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24 7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Live, it is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. A bonus episode, if you will. Two fight cards to talk about. Tough 28 finale from, that's in Las Vegas, right, guys? You know what? I should have I yes. known that. From yeah. Las Vegas, Nevada, and UFC Adelaide. Saturday night, a fight night card in Australia. Our main events, Kamaru Usman taking on Rafael Dos Anjos. And then we have Ty Tuivasa taking on Junior Dos Santos here on Fight IQ. We're going to talk DraftKings. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, the analyst of Fight IQ. Joe, Sun Tzu, and Chris, and Chris Olson. Guys, how you doing? You two, two cards. Are, are you ready for this? Are you ready for all these picks? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Uh, no, as you can say, I am... Uh... I'm a little worn out from tape study, but I'm ready to uh, go. Another hour won't kill me, probably. So here we go. I'm ready. Let's do it. Good for you. Let's do it. All right. Let's get to it. So we're going to do, guys. Oh, actually, before that, I apologize. I have to shout out our sponsor, Rotowire. Make sure you go into rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their usually paid content, uh, articles, optimizers, um, picks, cheat sheets, for all sports, season-long, daily, and daily, um, MMA, NFL, NBA, all this stuff. Make sure and check that out. I'll also, as I always do, I'll plug our Twitters. I'm at the DFS Sniper with one S. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Joe is at Sun Tzu. What we're going to do for this card, guys, we're going to, for the tough card, the contests are not very good. Um, but we have DraftKings MMA, so that's a win. And there is we're- a survivor. And there is a survivor. It's only 5,000. It's also, in my opinion, not very good. Do, you, do we even know what the top pay line is on that? I couldn't no, find it. We don't know the, the payout. So survivor how, how do you a, list the contest for two days and not tell people what the pay line is? Because I was looking for that myself, and I couldn't find it. It's I, crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So if you want to play that, where you advance to your you know, play Friday, you finish in the top 500 out of 1,200, you advance to some kind of tournament on Saturday. For the Saturday card. But for the Friday fights, we are going to – I'm going to give you the odds, the prices. I'm going to kick it around to these guys first. 
We're going to go your pick and one sentence why. Chris, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Chris. One sentence. I'm going to do my very best. Well, my very, gonna, very I'm best. I'm just going to cut you off. <laughs> That's probably for the best, yeah. We will do a full breakdown of the main event, though, which I think is the best fight of the entire weekend in Usman Dos, in Dos Anjos. So that being said, let's get into the tough 28 finale. Start off with Rayoni Barcelos, 9,500. Chris Gutierrez, 6,700. Barcelos minus 450, Gutierrez plus 400. Chris, one sentence, pick. Who you got? Um, Barcelos is better everywhere, and he's more aggressive, and he's probably going to knock him out. Barcelos pick. Joe. Uh, Barcelos, but, but Gutierrez is an interesting long shot, and I would have a few shares of him on DK. Barcelos everywhere, only concern is... Can he be the highest scoring fighter to end up on the optimal? Don't like moving up in weight, moving up in weight, by the way. Barcelos is moving down in weight. I'm sorry, moving down in weight. Right. Down I, weight. Yep. I like it. I don't think that affects him, but we'll talk about that in his next fight, mm-hmm. which he will have. Mm-hmm. All right. Tim Means, the Dirty Bird, 9,400, taking on Ricky Rainey at 6,800. Line on this fight. Tim Means minus 355. Comeback on Ricky Rainey plus 320. Joe. Rainey is practicing. Would you like to supersize your order, Tim Means? Yeah, I got Tim Means by by however he wants, probably stand up late finish. Chris. Um, I am picking Tim Means for the crisper boxing and the better footwork, but I think Rainey and his Muay Thai is live to a win. Ooh. Barf. Ricky, <laughs> Roosevelt Roberts, 9,200, taking on Daryl Horcher, 7,000. Roberts is the favorite, minus 300. Come back on Horcher, plus 270. I like Roosevelt Roberts. He's my favorite play on the card. Horcher once had a close fight with Timmy, with um, Devin Powell. Chris. Yeah, I like Roosevelt Roberts as well. He's going to look to get takedowns, and Horcher gives him up. But he's very untested, so and Horcher hits hard, so don't completely sleep on him, but the pick is, is Roosevelt Roberts. Joe? Roberts, although he's my least favorite play in the upper tier, I much prefer Tim Means. Disagree. I like the grappling, but I get it. Yeah, well, we know. We know what you think. We know I like grappling. Julia Stolarenko, 7,300. She's a dog against Leah Letson, 8,900. Letson, the favorite, minus 205. Come back on Stolarenko, plus 165. Chris, I know you watched every second of Tough Heavy Hitters. Who you got? I actually, this was actually my least watched season. I just couldn't get into it. I did watch for this fight, but, uh, and that doesn't count as my sentence, by the way, because I was responding to you. So, so here we go for my sentence. My sentence is Letson is um, the better fighter everywhere. Uh, uh, opponent is a wrestle grappler and she's going to be selling out for them. So that could be um, valuable, but the pick is Letson. Joe. Letson all day, every day. I'm going to do better than one sentence. One word. Agreed. There you go. Next up, Maurice Green, 8,700, taking on, I always get this guy's first name wrong, Michelle 
keep wanting to call him Marcel and all, all kinds of stuff. Michelle Batista at 7,500. Green is obviously the favorite. Minus 215. Batista plus 170. Joe, I know you watched every second of tough heavy hitters. Who you got? I didn't watch every second, but I would uh, lean to green. I like green a little more than that, but all the t- three of the four tough fights with the exclusion of the last one are great GPP fights. Give me green. Chris. Uh, Batista coming in here with um, an Olympic wrestling pedigree, but um, only a bronze. That's just, Oh, only a bronze. Excuse me. But um you know, stiff, straight-up striker. Uh, Maurice Green has got kickboxing experience. He was a former glory fighter. Um, Maurice is the pick, but, again, don't discount uh, Batista entirely. Alex Perez, 8,200. Taking on Joseph Benavides at 8,000. Benavides, the dog, plus 110. Perez up to minus 130. Uh, before I give my pick, my thought on this, which I'm going to insert because I can because I'm the host, what is this fight doing so low on this on this card? This this should be on the main card. Anyway, uh, give me Perez. I think it's a passing the torch fight. More aggressive. Don't think Benavides, Benavides can get a takedown. Give me Perez at minus 130 in a crucial mid-range fight. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I'm going with Perez as well. I just think that um, Benavides leaves himself too open, and Perez is a good aggressive striker. Um, Perez lands takedowns of his own. And like you said, I don't trust Benavides to wrestle committedly all that time. So give me Perez. Joe. Benavides so overshot his skis by snagging Megan Oliveri. I wouldn't get I wouldn't get out of bed to train, never mind fight. Give me Perez. I knew you were gonna bring that up. How did I know you're gonna bring that up? <laughs> it's just what a way to ride off into the sunset when he retires. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Kevin Aguilar, eighty four hundred, taking on Rick Glenn at seventy eight hundred. Aguilar, the favorite, minus 115. Glenn, minus 105. So it's a very small favorite. I think for this one, we're up to Chris. I uh, can't believe I'm going to do it, but I think I'm picking Rick Glenn. Um, yeah. I just – I think he's going to be um, really aggressive and uh, come out swinging against the two passive Aguilar who does have power. But I think Glenn's going to control this fight and take the win. Go. Give me the alpha male dog, Rick Glenn. God, we're all picking Rick Wait. Glenn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna vomit. That's a, that's oh my terrible. god, that's that can't terrible. be good. But yeah, give me the experience of Rick Glenn. But holy crap, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> Antonio Shevchenko, ninety three hundred, taking on G Yian Kim at sixty nine hundred. Kim miss weight today. She is the underdog, plus two sixty. Come back on the older. But new MMA fighter, Antonio Shevchenko at minus 290. Joe? Give me the by far hotter Shevchenko sister, Antonina. I will take her. I do not recommend this necessarily as a DK play um, unless she can get the uh, – I'll take take Antonina. Um, uh, That's it. Yeah, I like Antonina. I – have a bet on her to be the better stand-up striker. DraftKings Kim is a viable cash punt. I do think it goes to a decision, as Joe would say. For DraftKings, this is a better is better betting fight than for DraftKings. But Kim True. is Kim's an okay punt. Shevchenko wins the fight. Chris, 
Um, who knew all this time that this is how Joe was picking these fights? Uh, that's very, that's an insight. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm going to go with Chevchenko as well. I mean, um, uh, Kim is just way open to, to leg kicks and kicks in general. Antonio Chevchenko got the Muay Thai. I like her. I think she could potentially get a finish as well. So I'm not, not completely fading it, but Chevchenko. I do want to mention that that Rick Glenn did did miss weight did miss weight somebody um, pointed oh. that on chat. I'm not too worried about it. I honestly. did not know that. How badly? He, uh, I think I think two or three pounds. Okay. Well, the more the better. All right. Next up is Edmund Shabazian, eighty three hundred, taking on Darren Stewart at seventy nine hundred. Shabazian minus 115, Darren Stewart plus 105. Shabazian's never been out of the first round. I think he will get out of the first round in this fight. Give me Stewart to pull an upset. I think he wins late with the grappling. I will never pick someone ever who is coached by Edmund Tverdian. Give me and Stewart. managed by Ronda Rousey. Yeah, give me a great GPP fight. I'm not fading Shabazian, but the pick is Stewart. Uh, Chris? Yeah, Shabazian comes forward and is aggressive and has power, but Stewart has actually. Um, really improved his kickboxing lately and um i just can't trust i haven't seen enough of uh Shabazian, so stewart's the pick joe the armenian flash opponents he has beaten record of like 17 and 200 now 17 and 34 actually uh give me darren stewart here pedro munoz eight eight hundred, taking on brian caraway at 7400 uh, Munoz is the favorite, minus 215. Come back on Caraway, plus 195. Can someone explain to me why Caraway fights always get lined so ridiculous? Um, Chris, you start, though. Uh, because no one likes Brian Caraway, I guess. But just because um, he got to do Misha Tate, everybody hates him. I don't get I, it. Yeah, well, but also he's kind of just like a douche. Oh, he's a know. douche. He is a douche. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, you know, I have I have a little bit of worry about uh, Munoz's striking defense. I think he gets tagged up a lot, but ultimately, I think his pressure and pace and uh, power for the division is going to be enough to take it here. So I'm going Munoz. Joe, I I actually feel sorry for Caraway. I mean, if someone ran over his dog, it would be like just the the nail in the coffin. His coach dies. His wife, his his ex girlfriend gets a baby bump by another guy, and his dad has PTSD. I feel a little sorry for Brian Caraway. He's my pick. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go with the sorry card. I think he's a good fighter. I don't think he'll fall to a guillotine. And he's a hard guy to look good against. I think it's a close fight. Give me Caraway by 29-28 split decisions. Ooh, that's very specific. I like it. All right. It's tough finale time. Penny Kianzad, I guess. I don't know. Against Macy Kiasen. Kiasen. 7,600. Kiasa, though, is she's the favorite yet. I think she will become fight time. There's odds value. She's not plus 110. Comeback uh, is the comeback on her. Kian, Kian Zad is the favorite still at minus 140. Joe, you start this one. Yeah, it's funny. We landed Joe starting the uh, female fight. So, I look, I really like Pansy. I mean, you know, she's got great personality. She looked, she was good on the show. But, you know, when I last saw it, she was minus 165 against an opponent who got two first-round finishes in the Ultimate Fighter. So I see that the line is tightening up. There is odds value. I am going to go with the dog. 
Same, I like the dog for that reason. She's got upside with the early finishes. Kianzad's probably the better all-around fighter, but Kiasen, she reminds me a little bit, this is not a great comparison, of Nico Montano from the last season, The Ultimate Fighter, because no one knew what, what she was when she got in there. Um, Kiasen's a little bit the same. Give me the dog. I need the odds value here. Um, Kiasen's the pick and a close fight. Chris? I mean, it has to be said that Kiasen is what a two and O professional fighter, so uh, we can't we can't overlook that. But um, you know, she she's um, gonna pressure forward and and come in with her hands down uh, with some wild striking. Um, Prasad is the much more technical striker. Um, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Prasad here to get it done. I don't think she's gonna be overwhelmed by Macy, but if you do think that and the um, the cheap uh, price, then you know. Take uh, Macy, but I'm going to go Prasad. Juan Espino, 8,500, taking on Justin Frazier at 7,700. Odds in this fight, Espino minus 155, Frazier plus 135. This one is mine. This is a great GPP fight. Give me Espino. Frazier is fat with an overhand left. That's all he got. Espino's not good, but in a better all-around game. Chris? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I like I like a lot of parts about Espino's game, and I don't really like anything about Frazier's game. I think uh, Espino's I like got a food he can eat at Thanksgiving. That's what I like. <laughs> uh, I think he's got more ways to get it done here, so give me Espino. Go. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, no. I got to go with the Roy Nelson lookalike. I'm going to take Frazier here. I oh, no. That, I, not only did I know that was the pick, I knew that was the reasoning. I knew the whole analysis there. <laughs> All right, main event time. We'll give a full breakdown to this one because it's a good one. And I think I think I get to argue with these guys. Ooh, I can argue with anybody. In, I I'm can bad. argue with pretty much everyone in this fight because I'm on the outside looking in. That being said, Kamaru Usman, 9,000. Taking on Rafael Dos Anjos at 7,200. Usman. Oh, it's, da- it's coming down a little bit. Minus 245. Taking on Dos Anjos at plus 225. Chris, kick us off. Yeah, um, I was going back and forth on this fight. Ultimately, I think, I think I, um, I'm settling on Dos Anjos here. I understand so, the parallels. I understand the parallels between... Uh, uh, Covington and Usman. I don't think it's quite the same thing because I don't think Usman is going to be quite as relentless with his takedowns. By that, I mean... Stealing all my thunder. I hate you. I hate you and hate you. <laughs> I love going first. It's the best. But uh, but I what I mean by that is I, I don't think... like If he takes it down and gets back up, then I think um, Usman is going to be content to strike a little bit and set up the next one. I don't think he's going to be able to go right back into it the way... Uh, Colby Covington does in all this fight. And I think that um, I think that RDA is going to be able to pressure him, going to be able to land um, uh, those slick combinations and to the body and body kicks. And I just think he's the better striker, and I think he's going to get a lot of time to strike. So I'm picking those on. Joe? So, I, I, Chris, I think you and I are saying the same thing, but for different reasons. I think – I. I Hold think that, time out, time out. Yeah. I'm calling a quick time out. Are all three of us about to pick Rafael Dos Anjos? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, no, I, I meant, I meant regarding. Um, I think Usman will actually be able to maintain top control better than Colby Covington. I mean, look, Covington let they, Brian, Brian Barberina get up ten times, so I don't think there'll be as many takedowns. But I do think 
he'll get more pop control. Now, I don't know that he wants to get into a striking battle with, with RDA because I think RDA is clearly a superior striker. But, you know, Dan Levy had me cracking up. I didn't know that this line was, was borrowed from someone else. Nigerian NyQuil, which I just thought was hilarious, and that kind of personifies the fighting style of, of Usman. Um, I like Usman here, especially, you know, I just don't know that you're going to get the same scoring. Looking at it from a DraftKings perspective, you know, he should get his takedowns. I just don't know if he's going to get the same number of takedowns because I think Usman will do a better job of holding RDA down um, than Colby Covington did. So unless, look, I, I wouldn't completely rule out RDA if uh, Usman falls in love with his hands and decides to strike. I could certainly see um, RDA catching him with something, but I, I can't go against Usman here. I just don't know what kind of score you're going to get on DraftKings given that he's going to play a top control game and we're not going to see those rinse and repeat takedowns like we saw with Covington. Okay, so a couple couple things in this one. I am picking Rafael Dos Anjos. It's a really close fight. Usman win won't stun me at all. I do agree that if Usman gets the fight to the ground, he's much stronger than Covington could hold top position. However, five rounds, I don't think Usman, I know Usman cannot push the same pace Covington did. I don't think he's going to be as, as relentless with it. I think he's why? going to have a hard time. Why? Why can't why? he? Why can't he? he? He doesn't have that cardio. Has he, he ever got, have, have you seen him gas out badly? With that, uh, with, though, with that muscle and that frame and just the way I've seen him fight, I don't think he's going to do that. It's not how he wrestles. When Covington and other fights, that's how he goes about his takedowns. <laughs> also worth noting, Usman, um, he had, let me see here. Other guys he's fought is not anybody with exceptional takedown defense. He's really not. Like obviously, just like everyone didn't want to go to the ground with Damian Maya, not holding that against him. Emil Mech, yeah, okay, that's nice. Knocked out Marais. Sean Strickland, two takedowns and a knockdown. Okay. You know, that's Strick Strickland has some some wrestling. You know, Alexander Yakovlev, Charlie Alves. Like, this is gonna be the best takedown defense he faces. Dos Anjos also has a legit black belt on the ground. Dos Anjos live to his submission. Not saying that's how he wins the fight. You can't rely on somebody to win off the back in 2018. On the feet, I think the advantage on, on the feet is pretty pronounced. I think that Usman is way stronger and can knock him out at, at range at any point in this fight. I think he's going to have a hard time catching uh, RDA. I think he could, could get forced in, into some desperation shots. I think on the feet, RDA has enough to outpoint him and win some rounds, as well as be live to his submission. I think Usman will get some takedowns. I think it's an incredibly close fight that's going to be back and forth, round per round. And I love RDA's cardio from what I've seen. I'm going to be overly specific. Everyone's picking Usman, just like everybody was picking Blades. Give me 48-47 for Rafael Dos Anjos. An incredibly close fight that for DraftKings, by the way, I'm playing both sides of and stacking in cash. You know, you know, you know, you know who didn't pick Blades, by the way. This guy. This guy. Yeah, you got it. That's you true. That's true. Fight was stopped a little early, but. Oh, come yeah. on. He's falling yeah. all over the octagon. Come on. I, it was stopped a little early, but nothing I'm going to sit and scream and complain about. Just Agreed. All right. Agreed. All right, so that's what we got for the Tough 28 finale. Let's get to the Saturday card, UFC Adelaide, UFC Fight Night 142. Um, 
not a really good card, guys. Not <laughs> not something I'm I'm like over the moon about. Like I have I have dinner plans with the wife on Saturday and I'm not too upset about it. I'm <laughs> trying to think about what I like least. This card or Vegemite. Oh, I mean, God. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's like, it, I love Australia. I love the Australian people. I could probably even like Adelaide, even though I've never been there. But man, they, they did the co whole country a disservice by putting on this trash card. I mean, how do you have an Australia card and you don't have Volkanovsky, who is their most polarizing fighter? Yeah. Um, you know, how do you not have him on, on an Australia card? It makes absolutely no freaking sense to me. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly do think the tough card is a better card. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Although we're going to start the fight, start the night with an absolute freaking monster. Like, you guys, you may not know this name before Saturday. You're going to know it um, post-Saturday. And I need to, of course, accidentally close the window with all my freaking salaries. So... I'm clearly stalling now, and I ran. Wait, I'm, I, and also, I, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. So I, no, I, I can't, I can't wait to hear. Right. I can't wait to hear what you say next. <laughs> I, I am because I really like the one of the fighters in this first fight of the night. Wow. Demir Ismagulov, 9500, taking on Alex Gorgies. Both guys making their UFC debut. Is Ismagulov, uh, M1 champion, I believe. Watch some of his fights. That dude hits like a truck. I I, I really like this guy. 9,500 is a lot for him, but I think he gets the job done pretty handily here. I think it's going to be an impressive UFC debut. He's minus 525 is a line. Um, fight does not go to decision. Minus 150, expecting a, uh, expecting a finish. Uh, Ismagulov wins by KO. TKO is plus 140. I think he gets it done here. I think he's better than Gorgie's everywhere, and I really like this guy. I think he is going to be a prospect to watch. Um, outside of that, I think it goes downhill pretty quick, but I actually like Demir Ismagulov. Uh, Chris? Yeah, um, I, sh I should say Alex uh, Gorgie's is one of, I think, four or five fighters that fought out of um, the, the Hex FC promotion in Australia, which, to Good put it... Him. To put it lightly, is 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 not a a good. Um, the competition doesn't seem very good at all. Well, you can fade shoot later, huh? You can fade shoot later. Yeah. Well, have, having said that, though, I um, I think I think he's kind of interesting. He has a lot of tools. He um, he's got a decent kicking game. He has good. Um, he punches in combination. He goes to the body. He can even wrestle a little bit. But the problem is, he gets hit like um, a, a very a lot. I was going to say very much or a lot. I got stuck in between there, but he gets in a lot. Very much. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, he, um, he, he likes to stalk his opponents and sometimes put his hands down and sort of mug. And, and it's just not, uh, not a great look. And I don't know what his wrestling defense is like um, because I've never seen it. And um, opponent is, besides hitting hard and having a good, tight, classical boxing stance, um, is a really um, – Really committed wrestler in there, um, a submission guy, and I just don't know how he's gonna do against that wrestling. So I honestly wouldn't fade Gorgeous all the way because I think he's an action fighter who's gonna push the pace and try to get a knockout. But the pick has to be uh, has to be uh, Ismagulov. Yeah, I'm I'm fading Gorgeous, uh, Joe. 
First of all, Chris, is are you wearing a wine-colored hoodie with blue strings? Is that what yes, you got on? Okay, wow. I didn't know they sold those in men's stores. Um, okay, so I'm going to go here as long as he, the Russian, as long as he stays away from tainted kangaroo meat and Vegemite, I have the Russian winning here. 9.5K, he better get a first-round finish. Um, very expensive, but I will uh, take the Russian here. Can I just yeah. say, can I just say, and it's not, um, they're not the same fighters, I understand, but I, I am feeling some parallel vibes between, um, oh, who's his name? Tay the, guy Edwards who, and, the, um, the guy who fought, fought uh, Alves? No, Tay Edwards and um, whoever knocked out Tay Edwards, who was a big dog. I, what, I was going to make a point, and now I can't even remember his name. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don yeah, Mage. Yeah. Don Mage, that's it. Yeah. No. Tay Edwards... You stay away from Tad Woods and Demir Ismagulov, who's a champion, different promotion. No. All right. I'm not all right, that right. to you. Christos Geigos, although I will eat plenty of crow. You, 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 called, you called that one. Damage, you, you suck. Yeah. Christos Geigos, 9,000, taking on Mizuto Hirokta at 7,200. Oh, it's depressing to see what's happened to, to some of these um, – Older fighters. We're going to have quite a few older fighters on this card. Older Japanese um, fighters. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Gaigos is minus 370. Hirota plus 310. Gaigos making his return to the UFC, his second stint. Um, this is the second fight in that second stint. Looked decent against um, uh, Dubronx Oliveira before getting submitted in the second round. Thought he looked fine in the first round as a huge dog. This time he's the big favorite. Hirota's losing decisions to Ross Pearson. Give me Christos Gaigos. Joe. Gaigos, I believe, was a short-notice fighter for uh, Dubronx. And I'll tell you what, in that first round, when he took Dubronx's back standing, I got I, – there was a little bit of – I was sweating a little bit on that fight. And, of course, you know, Oliveira turned it around, I mean, likely because of, 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 of cardio. But I kind of like him here. I think he's interesting at 9K. Look, Hirota is a tough MF, um, you know, so – He's going to have to work for it, but I think he's really interesting at 9K. That's my pick to win. I agree. Go ahead, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I think that um, Gagos is pretty good everywhere. He's going to be able to use his length here and I think connect on some of those um, straight punches and hooks that he likes to throw. Um, he can wrestle. He can pressure. He can also counter fight. Like I say, he does a little bit of everything, and I'm just not sure what – Hirota's um, skill set is at this point. I mean, in the, in the in the Cole Miller fight, we saw him turn into like a committed wrestler and get like six takedowns and win the fight that way. But I just don't can't expect him to do that uh, with regularity. And and if he doesn't, I think he's just gonna kind of stand in space and let Iago's kind of pretty much control the fight. So give me Iago's. My only concern, which you guys echoed, is that I'm not sure he gets a finish here as Hirota is a tough finish. But as far as who wins the fight, the answer is Kiagos, I think. Kai Carafront, 9,100, taking on Elias Garcia at 7,100. Kai Carafront is the favorite, and he's a big one. Minus 380, Elias Garcia plus 315. Kai is good stand-up fighter, um, was on a previous season of The Ultimate Fighter. Garcia, to me, is not a guy who should be in the UFC. I think Kai Kara France is better everywhere. I'm worried about scoring. What's interesting is fight doesn't go to decisions. Actually, minus 160. 
Um, minus 112 for France inside decision inside the distance. Smaller guys, I know he hits hard, but I I, I think I'm going to be underweight um, to the field on this one. Kai Carl wins to me, stand up, pretty comprehensive decision. I'm just not sure about paying off the very large price tag at 9100 Um As Joe said, I think I'd rather go um, Geigos for $100 less. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Um, I don't think Kara Frank is necessarily a good striker as much as he's just an aggressive uh, come-forward striker. He likes to, you know, look for the knockout, throw those overhands. He's got a decent kicking game. But um, what I noticed watching him on tough uh, when he lost to Pantoja and then his loss in uh, the regionals to Luis Gomez is that I don't think that he is I, – I, I think he knows that he is not good at defending takedowns. You can see how he reacts when his opponent shoots. He just tries to sort of, you know, get to the other end of the cage as quickly as possible. And um, we've seen Garcia be somewhat of a committed wrestler on the regionals. And um, he, he's got a, a solid jiu-jitsu game. I think I would wager that it's at least more solid than Kara Franks is. Um, so I think this is a situation where either Kara Frank busts him out early or – um, Elias gets his takedown game going and could potentially get a sub. So I'm going to be underweight um, to Kara Frank as well. I agree with you on that. But I'm going to have a little more Elias Garcia just because I think Kara uh, Frank is, is one-dimensional, and I think wrestling could be kind of a kryptonite here. So it'll be interesting to see. This is a card where I'm going to be reaching for a couple dogs. The one I'm reaching for is coming up. But I, I, I can't hate it because this is a light, uh, a, a underdog light card. Yeah, it definitely is. Look, this is an insane line for a guy who's not exactly a hyped prospect making his UFC debut. I mean, I think, you know, if you're looking at this guy as as a contrarian play because he's going to probably be under-owned because of his high price point. But other than that, I mean, I don't see how anyone could be confident betting this fight. I do like that he spent some time at AKA in Thailand. Um other than that, I don't have a whole lot of interest in this fight. Um, it's a pretty pretty much a fade for me. I, I will, because there are only 12 fights, it's hard to completely fade all the fights. But I'll have maybe a little bit of each, but I don't really like either side here. So Can I, can I say, though, that the only reason I wouldn't, I wouldn't really fade this, I think even though the fight's kind of whatever, I think it is uh, – oh, voice cracked a little bit. I don't know what that was. But uh, I, I think it is – Becoming a man, boys. Becoming a man. But nice. uh, good to hear. We didn't even have to burn you. You just you did it for you us. Burned yourself. I know. No, Thank it, you. It was a preemptive strike. But yeah. uh, I, I I think it's I think it's a good target just because I think Kara Frank comes forward and looks for finishes. I think that's what he does. So I think yeah. one way or the other, this fight finishes. I actually I actually think it's a target. So a little bit of disagreement there. Seriously though, Chris, was that hoodie was that like designed that way? <laughs> Or is it an irregular with the with the blue? I've never actually seen a wine hoodie with like blue jawstrings before. No, I mean, I, no, I, I had it. I had it specially painted like this. It did was you really? Actually, it, it was very masculine black, and I was like, you know what? I don't like. Wow. It. it just goes <laughs> against everything else that's white in the background. I don't. Yeah, okay, no, whatever. whatever. I clash. I okay. clash. At some point, I should probably get uh, control. This is the host, but yeah, go for it. Keita Nakamura, 8,800, taking on Salim Tuhari at 7,400. There's a reason why I didn't want to get control of this. 
because I have to talk about this fight. Nakamura minus 175, Salim Tuhari plus 155. is not good. Nakamura's old as shit. That's, that's the quick breakdown. Um, Nakamura lost to Anthony Rocco Martin. His, his only wins since 2016 are Alex Morono and Kyle Noak. That doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. He did win by submission against uh, Li Jing Liang in 2015 and his return to the UFC before that. He was out of the UFC for seven years. Um, look, this is one where Nakamura should have an advantage on the ground. He should be able to get this fight to the ground and win there, but he's n- never been a high-output guy. His decision win against Alex Morono, 60 points. Uh, Zaleski Dos Santos you know, took him into a war, and he got 52 points with five takedowns. While Tuhari is not good... I don't think Nakamura is going to finish him. And that makes me want to play some shares of Tuhari because, quite frankly, Nakamura's old and on the back end of his career. And at any point, the chin could go. As far as GPP goes, Tuhari is one of the guys that I'm not happy I'm going to be mixing in, but I'm going to be mixing in a fair amount of him because I've heard him for dogs. And as I've said in nauseam now, I don't trust Keita Nakamura anymore. So. Nakamura is the pick. He should be able to have enough grappling to get by and win this fight. But I'm more interested in Tuhari on DraftKings, and it, it pains me to say it. Uh, Joe? So I remember because I, I was on Nakamura as a dog on DraftKings to, to Noak, and he got, a, he got a submission with like one second left in the first round. So that was like, you know, that was like a great win for him. And I think, I don't know if Noak had another fight after that or just retired. Um, but I probably will take a shot with the dog here. Um, again, I've spent so much time looking at tough. I haven't really done many lineups, uh, full disclosure for this Australia card, but you know, in, in that you're looking for dogs, I think this, there, there are worse dogs on this card than Tulhari. So I'm going to actually make that my official pick as well. Oh, good. You're joining me on the uh, the uh, puke bandwagon. I really don't like that I had to do that. I really don't. Uh, Chris? Uh, yeah, no, I shared some of your concerns, like, initially uh, for this fight. I was like, because, you know, you know, Nakamura just sort of hangs back and lets his opponent control the fight, and I hate fighters to do that. So I didn't want to pick him, but I, I really see nothing in Tuahari to like at all. Um, he's... He, he sort of – he hangs back as well, which could just make this a really ugly fight and nobody's going to lead. But he hangs back as well and, and occasionally blitzes forward with some strikes. But, I mean, we saw in his fight with Worley Alves that he basically did everything that um, – and he was susceptible to how he was – to everything that a guy like Keita Nakamura is going to try to do to you, which is uh, kick your body, kick your legs, and wrestle you. And that's basically uh, what Worley Alves did um, in the opening round. So, I mean, I don't know. The price point is is not great, but I, I can't trust Tuahari. Like, I don't even know what a win of his will look like. Is he really going to, you know, come forward with a blitzing strike and, and knock out Kaden Nakamura? I don't think he is. And if he doesn't do that, I don't see how else he wins. So give me Nakamura. Um, I, think, I think, you know, a finish isn't out of the question because he's so susceptible to the wrestling and so susceptible to the body kicks. Don't forget... Nakamura hurt um, Alex Morono with a body kick in round one of that fight and almost had him out of there. So it's not out of the question. Um, give me Nakamura, and I'm completely fading to a heart. 
Really? How could you fade? How could you fade yes. a guy that trains at uh, Grappling Krakow? I mean, how how can you do that? Oh, well, since since you mentioned it, I mean, <laughs> you know, Grappling Dansk is usually where I like to target my fighters from. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll make an exception in this and case. Maybe you could make them team hoodies. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that'll work. That's an idea. That's an idea. Right, I'm calling. I'm I'm calling a foul on that one. Enough with the hoodie. Enough. <laughs> Ben Ten Nguyen, eighty five hundred, taking on Wilson Hayes at seventy seven hundred. Ben Ten's the favorite, minus one fifty five. Hayes, the comeback is plus one thirty five. This is another fight where I actually like the dog. Um, Wilson Hayes is Juicy A Formiga light. Ben Ten just lost to Juicy A Formiga. Wilson Hayes is on a three fight losing streak, but it's John Moraga, Henry Cejudo, Demetrius Johnson. Let's play some. Let's give him a pass in some of those. I know he was knocked out by, by Cejudo, but he had to worry about the wrestling. Ben 10, he doesn't have to worry about the wrestling. Ben 10's been taken down. He's good in scrambles, but he's been scrambled against too. He had that crazy fight against Luis Smolka. Uh, Hayes is the black belt. I like the guy who's going to look for the grappling. It's not a slam dunk, but I really do like Wilson Hayes in this fight. I think it matches up um, pretty well. I think people are reading too much into a three-fight losing streak against the names that I rattled off. Chris? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go, uh, Hayes here as well. I think, um, you know, the problem I usually have with Wilson Hayes is that a lot, a lot of these, uh, flyweights are just quicker than him and they keep distance better. And so they're, they're able to get the better of him on the feet. And, uh, you know, if he can't get his wrestling working and, or that isn't enough, he usually drops these fights. But, um, the reason I like him against Wynn is because I think Wynn, uh, gets caught waiting on his opponents a little too much. And so I think um, Hayes is going to have opportunities to land striking where he didn't have those opportunities in previous fights. And I also expect him to get his wrestling working. I mean, when when he's a, when he's not stifled, he's actually a pretty decent takedown artist. He's had fights with six takedowns, nine takedowns. He's also had fights with zero takedowns and two takedowns, but those tend to be against opposition that are either better wrestlers or just higher in general. I actually... Um, like Hayes quite a bit here. Um, uh, ben Wynn actually got clubbed and subbed in his last fight, and Hayes loves to do that. So uh, give me the dog here. Give me Wilson Hayes. So I have to say that my boy Cody Safrick on Dogger Pass podcast, I, I am guessing that he never took whatever the Canadian version of AP Geography is because, one, he said that Ben Wynn was from Indiana, and, two, he said that Ben Wynn had a Filipino name. So uh, he is from Sioux Falls, if you remember he fought on that card, and Ooh. his name is actually of Vietnamese origin. Um, be that what it may, I have posted a bet on Twitter, a three-leg parlay uh, with Perez, Wilson Heiss, and a fighter we will talk about later. So my pick is obviously Heiss here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm actually. I'm posting on Twitter as we're talking. I, I've done. I've recorded my own stuff for my YouTube channel. Talked about it a bunch today, and I'm. I'm actually pulling the trigger on Wilson Hayes as well. He opened at minus one fifty five. He's all the way at plus one thirty five now. Yeah, that parlay. If you want to tell me, is 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 close paying close to seven to one. So if you want to tell, go ahead and check out Joe's Twitter. But let's yeah. take some, some DFS for now, and let's move on. Oh, man, it just gets sadder and sadder. <laughs> Alexei, Alexei Kunchenko, 9,200, taking on the ghost of Yushin Okami at 7,000. 
uh, why is Yushin Okami fighting? God. Kunchenko minus 335, Okami plus 275. Um, it's still an over. Kunchenko um, over two and a half rounds is minus 175. I have a hard time seeing that. I know Kunchenko went three rounds with Worley Alves, didn't have a lot of output. Um, but yeah, o- Okami's too small for this weight class. Over the hill, just tons of issues. Give me Kunchenko, although I am worried about the scoring, especially by odds. But now that I just put that, I'm 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 a little interested in that um in that underline. But give me Kunchenko, and it's sad to see Okami fighting. Uh, Joe, correction: he actually went to a decision against Tiago Alves, not no, Wally. I said Worley. I yeah, said Worley. Um, and that was not very impressive. I mean, on no. a card of on a Russian card where a lot of guys distinguished themselves, he really laid a dud. So here's my narrative. That 19-0 record that he has is only going to get him so far if he does not get a spectacular finish. So I think the UFC said, go to Australia. We're going to give you this aging Japanese legend and finish him if you want a better fight. So I am going with the Russian here, and I see him getting the finish. First of all, you guys are crazy. The guy just beat Diego Lima for crying out loud. Show some respect, Ooh. you guys. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Diego Come Lima. On. Yep. <laughs> um, You're right. He just beat Diego Lima. That's I think Chase right. Sherman could beat Diego Lima. Well, he's 100 pounds heavier. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's. I mean, I'm gone. We're, we're talking, like, theoretically here. Well, I okay. mean, it's <laughs> funny. I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I got him down. That was good. I didn't. Um, that was good. I didn't know that Kunchenko was fighting on this card last week when I threw shade at him. When I said that um, I didn't like these um, guys coming over from Russia, uh, I think a lot of them are overhyped in um, the, the Fight Nights Global promotion there. And um, he basically fought that fight against Thiago Alves, kind of how I thought. He's he's a good technical striker. But he just hangs back and, and has very uh, low output. Um, Yushin Okami, as all you guys said, um, you know, he probably shouldn't be fighting anymore. Uh, you know, I actually, I don't know if no, I go that far. Take yeah. away the probably. Come but, on. But, you know, all right. He's not so, going to be Chuck Liddell out there, but it's not going to be no, good. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. But, I mean, if that's the standard, you're right. Then, you know. But, uh, but the bar is pretty low. But, anyway, um. Look, o- Okami is going to desperately try to pressure. He's going to pressure the opponent, and he's going to try to grapple and take this to the floor. I think um, I'm not picking Okami, but I think this might be an interesting like dog or pass spot because I don't see Kuchenko getting that value back. I just don't think. I just don't think he's. Um, it would stun you to see Yushin Okami get finished in 2018. It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't stun me. But I just like I don't. I don't know. Have we, do we have any evidence that he's like overly chinny? I haven't really seen that. I don't think we have really evidence of that. I mean, the chances he, of Okami, the chances of Okami getting finished are more certain than that hoodie is hundred percent cotton. Oh Jesus! Hey, callbacks <laughs> are the staple. Of <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this is, this is a rough say? scene. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Um, and he, like, got, he got he, he got knocked out in 2013, 2012, 2011. I mean, okay, but uh, so what you're saying is he hasn't been knocked out in five years. Is what you're saying. 
Well, I'm just going by yeah, because OSP he just laid under and then he fought Diego Lima. Yeah, but okay. Well, no, but that's in the UFC. He's had he's had other fights before that. Other than that, okay. And, let's let's and, wrap this pick up. Yeah, let's let's. Yushin Okami's old. Chris says take a shot because Kuchenko is boring. Take a shot it's because not... Kuchenko isn't going to get value, and uh, Okami's going to try to wrestle. All right, I, I I guess. Jimmy Crute, eighty seven hundred, taking on Paul the Bayer Jew. Craig, seventy five hundred. Is you another Max X guy? Yeah, Jimmy Jim Crute minus two sixty. Paul Craig plus two twenty. Jim Cray, uh, Paul Craig cost me a lot of money last fight. Cost a lot of people a lot of money by getting that last, literally last second submission against Ankalaev. He needs to get the fight to the ground, but he can't get the fight to the ground. The perfect example of this and the way I explained it is the breakdown of Khalil Roundtree and and Paul Craig. He's going to wade in, try and get the fight to the ground, and get knocked out. I like Jim Jim Crute here. I am worried in that Jim Crute is a little smaller. He's also his USC debut, and if the fight does hit the ground, Craig will have the advantage. I just don't think Paul Craig is any good ever. So give me Jim Crute. Uh, who we start with for this one? I think Chris. Yeah, um, I have pretty much the same um, take as you as as I think most people do on uh, on uh, what's his name? Blanked on the name. What is it? Paul Craig. Paul Craig, that's it. I um, also th- that he doesn't have a reliable way of getting the fight to the ground. Except he did have two takedowns in in that uh, Ankalaya fight, and one of them was he got rocked and it was an emergency. But one of them was an actual reactive shot. So if he's like 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 look at a guy like Louis Smoko who, who wakes up and goes, okay, maybe I got to get my takedown game working. If he's actually said, okay, I have to integrate some wrestling. That could be a major factor here, um, especially since Crute, who's a good aggressive fighter and throws in combination, but um, I think he may be overly aggressive, and so I think those shots could be available for um, Paul Craig if he decides to do that. Ultimately, I can't trust Paul Craig to be a, to be a committed wrestler. If I could, I would pick him, but since I can't and Paul Craig gets hit way too much and doesn't really have any striking game to speak of, I guess I'm going to go crude for the knockout, but don't be entirely shocked if Craig turns us into wrestling heavy and gets a win that way. So um, after Paul Craig's last fight, I went to Google Translator to to see how you say in Russian, don't tap shithead, there's only one second left. (laughs) Um, So um, uh, I actually, I don't know if you guys have seen the weigh-ins, there's a pretty sizable, there's a size discrepancy. I mean, yeah, Paul right, Craig so, yeah. is just towers over. Yeah, true. Yeah, so I, I am going to go, look, I, he was semi-impressive on, on Dana White's Contender Series. He's another Max X guy. Um, to Chris's point, that is a less than stellar fight organization. Uh, I'm going to go with Paul Craig for the upset. Give me the bear yeah. Jew. Ooh, that would that will be bad for my wallet. Let's just say that. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not picking him, but, you know, I, I can't completely hate it. And that's, that's saying a lot for a Paul Craig matchup. I'll say that much. Sadiq Youssef, 9,300, taking on Suman Mokhtarian, not to be confused with his brother, Ashcan Mokhtarian or Trashcan Mokhtarian. <laughs> uh, Suman is still a big underdog, plus 425. Sadiq Youssef, minus 550. Youssef throws really hard for that division. Um, 
look good in Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series fight. Look, these are 135ers, and it's an under. Fight does not go to the go-to decision is minus 300. It's Yusuf by knockout. Mokhtarian's only way to get this fight, uh, to win, is to get this fight to the ground and get a submission. I like Yusuf at minus 550. I do, though, think this is another spot where it makes me want to throw up. But Mokhtarian is live. Should he be able to get a takedown? I think he's probably a little better on the ground. Maybe. I, I know it's a reach here, but he's so cheap that I'm willing to take a few shots I won't be fading Yusuf. I think he's incredibly likely to get a, to get a finish here, but I don't hate punting with Mokhtarian. I think he is my favorite play at 7,000 or under. I like him better than um, he's my favorite play under 7,200 because you have Hirota, Elias Garcia, Okami, Shogun Hua, Alex Gorgis. I like Mokhtarian better than all of these, and that just shows you how weak the bottom of this card is. It's it's not pretty. I'll take some some shots of Mokhtarian, but Yusuf is my pick. Uh, Joe, this is my 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 most confident pick on the card. Um, the Mokhtarian style of MMA, which is essentially run in circles until you get tired, um, <laughs> is not going to work here um, as as it didn't at least until round three against Benoit, his brother. Just ran around in circles until Benoit finally just looked at him and said. You're getting tired. I'm going to finish you. I don't think that's going to work because I don't see him having the speed advantage against uh, Sadek, um, who trains with uh, Michael Vick and others. Michael Vick. James Michael Vick. Vick. Michael Vick. Yeah, what's, no, he, what's he learning over there? Yeah, he's dog, he's dog fighting. Um, James yeah. Vick and others um, in, in Lloyd Irvin's camp down there in Texas. Um, you know, Vick cashed a nice ticket on him um, in the Contender Series, by the way. Um, so this is my most confident pick. I... To, to Sean's point, the only only chance that Mokhtarian has is getting it to the ground. And in all honesty, that would be the worst thing he could try to do because he will get clocked and finished shooting for takedowns. So, um, you know, if unless he adopts his brother's, you know, Mokhtarian MMA run in circles technique, um, this should be a relatively quick finish. Uh, my most confident play on the card. Chris? Yeah, well, um, to Gerwin 12's uh, point here, um, Mokhtarian is uh, there's a, in chat. There's a, I'm, I'm interacting with the audience. Okay. But anyway, um, Mokhtarian is, uh, is is a slick submission guy. In fact, he's got a lot of uncommon submissions. If you're yeah, if you that, bring up the baseball bat choke, I'm going to throw something. He's got, well, not only a baseball bat choke, but he's got a twister. He had a twister in the fight before that. Um, a, a baseball bat choke is a gi choke. I didn't even know you could do it without a gi. I had to look it up, and it's interesting. I didn't see his fight, but I did see the demonstration. Regardless, um, Mokhtarian is uh, a guy like Paul Craig that you talked about where he doesn't have a reliable way of getting the fight to the ground. Um, he likes to sort of wade forward with um, long, straight punches. But um, I don't think that's going to be enough against the guy who's a a athletic and hits as hard as Sadiq does. Um, when Sadiq gets himself backed up, he kind of has that Thiago Santos defense where he just tries to throw a bunch of hooks to scare you away. But I don't think he's going to have that problem here because I think he's going to have be able to control the cage. So I'm going to take Sadiq here, and I think he's probably going to get a finish. All right, let's move on to Jake Matthews at 8,400. Taking on... 
Like Anthony Rocco Martin, you change his name and it's annoying. <laughs> That's seventy eight hundred, the aforementioned. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna call you Tony Martin because screw you. Um, Matthews minus one fifteen. Tony Martin minus one oh five. Uh, look, I was high on Jake Matthews when everybody else was down on him because he was on. A, I think he lost back to back fights and he trains out of his dad's garage, which definitely has to change. By the way, that's not good. But he's 23 years old at the time he was five and three in the UFC, I believe, or four and three in the UFC. I think now he's six and three or seven and three, somewhere in that range. Um, look good, look great. The best he's looked against Lee Jingliang last time out. Tony Martin beat Ryan LaFleur last time out. I was all over Martin because I thought LaFleur was old, and he was, and he retired all kinds of injuries. Typically, though, LaFleur and Matthews are the kind of guy that Martin's going to struggle against. We saw it against OAM. Um, physical freaks, athletic guy, can grapple. I think Matthews will have the grappling advantage here. I like Jake Matthews just to be the better athlete in there, um, win rounds through a little bit of grappling, some striking on the outside. I think it's a relatively close fight. I just think Jake Matthews is a little better everywhere. I like uh, Jake Matthews at 8,400. Uh, who are we starting with this time? I think Chris, it's Joe. Think Chris, yeah. Chris, go ahead. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, it is a tough one. I think I'm going with Rocco here. Uh, oh. Rocco is is um, you know as you say, I'm, I expect I do expect Jake Matthews to be the better wrestler. But let's not forget what happened in the third round of that OS uh, that OAM fight rather when OAM took him down and almost had to you know de uh, decapitate himself trying to get out of the Darce choke and actually got his back taken and spent the rest of that round there. So I think people sleep on Tony Martin's jujitsu. I think it's really solid and slick. And I just I just like the way he, he's able to use his range. I like his combination punching. He, he goes to his uppercut. He goes to the body a lot. And I just like he's got a good kicking game. He actually knocked out LaFleur with a head kick. I just think he's got um, some more tools in the striking department uh, uh, as far as Jake Matthews goes. I do think it's a, it's a close fight. It wouldn't shock me to see um, Jake Matthews um, take him down and control him on top. But, I mean, you talk about that Li Jing Long fight. I mean, that was that was sort of a styles make fights kind of thing for me because a lot of that was 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 Jake Matthews, you know, was Li Jing Long rushing in and Jake Matthews hitting him with, you know, counter shots. That's where a lot of his knockdowns came from. And Tony Martin's not going to give him opportunities like that. I like Tony Martin to, to – um, to fight at a safe distance, to keep this fight competitive on the ground at least. Um, yeah, so I like Tony Martin for the dog and uh, for the win. Yeah, so this is a really interesting fight. I mean, um, I've always, you know, I've gotten Tony Martin right a lot of times, and I had him last time too. And, you know, the time I think spent at American Top Team is really paying dividends. My fear here is because, you know, Chris mentioned he does have very slick jits. And even though Matthews might be a better wrestler, I don't think it would be the smartest move in the world to take him down because I could definitely see Tony locking something up. My fear here is that Tony falls in love with his hands. Um, and I don't know that he is a better technical striker than Jake Matthews. I think this is a really interesting fight. This is one of those like 61 way, 40 the other, 41 way, 60 the other. I'm going to side with Chris here and pick Martin, but I, I would advise also having shares of Matthews. Um, just the way this fight is priced, what, it's like 8-2-8, right? 
Um, I oh, would yeah. definitely, I would definitely, you know, look to have shares of both guys because I think this could be a really interesting fight. And I think the winner, as long as it's not a drawn out like low volume stand up affair, and there are some takedowns and there are some ground, there is a ground dimension to this. I think this could be an interesting fight. So I'm going to go with Martin, but like very by a very slim margin. Yeah, it's it's definitely the the closest fight of the weekend. I think I agree, and and a fun one. Justin Willis, 8,200, taking on Mark Hunt, 8,000. Last time you'll see Mark Hunt in an octagon, at least. Uh, he is the dog. Willis is the favorite, minus 120. Hunt, plus 100. Uh, Willis does train at AKA. He has some wrestling. We haven't seen a ton of it, but he can wrestle. We know that's what Hunt's kryptonite. We know Hunt's going to look for the walk-off KO. It's one of those fights. Everybody knows the breakdown. It's what's going to happen. I'm going to have both sides of this fight in GPP, not go near it in cash games. Make me pick. I'll pick Mark Hunt because I want to see him leave on a knockout. But if Justin Wells were to take a, a grappling-heavy game plan and get a win, would not surprise me at all. But I'm going to lean have a, a little more on Mark Hunt. Joe? So if people know anything about me, they should know that anyone who allows Chase Sherman to win a round off them is dead to me. So um, he, Justin Willis, after flooring Chase in the first round in Atlantic City, made me sweat, and I did not like that. You know, no one who fights Chase should make me sweat. Um, AKA, he's really an ex-football player, I believe. He's not like, he doesn't have wrestling credentials, although if someone wants to call me on that, um, please do the research. I believe he was an ex-football player. I think this is the least competent wrestler that Hunt's faced in a while. Um, I did reference that I did a three-leg parlay with Alex Perez, um, Wilson Heiss, and the third leg is Mark Hunt. So that's a 6.92 to 1 at the odds I betted at parlay. I'm taking Hunt at plus money here. Chris? Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's it's been, a, it's been a rough road for Hunt. I mean, he lost to one of the greatest heavyweights of all time in his last fight. Um so I, I I knew somebody was gonna catch that. Um but yeah, look, I actually think this is um a really bad matchup for Mark Hunt. And uh, the reason I say that is um, of course the wrestling, as you mentioned, um Justin Willis has got fast hands for a big man. He's got fast hands. And um I think his head movement's pretty good too. And Mark Hunt like we saw it, and and it's almost like a carbon copy of my Mark Hunt breakdowns for his past like two or three fights. It's just stand around, stand around, stand around, look for the big shot. Maybe throw some leg kicks until his leg starts stops hurting, and then he stops throwing them. I I mean that's pretty much it, and I mean that's what you're holding your hat on here. And I think Justin Willis is too is too deep has too deep of an MMA game just to get taken out like that. Could it happen? Sure, but I think he's got too many tools. And when you say that it's the worst wrestler Hunt has, has faced in a while, even if I grant that, I mean, does it actually make a difference? I, I, I mean, has, have we seen any real semblance of Hunt's takedown defense since uh, uh, coming into the um, to the Brock Lesnar fight? I don't. I mean, we really haven't. And that was three or four years ago now. So um, I'm going to take Justin Willis here, and I really think this is a good matchup for him. I'm going to be all over Willis here. I think it's mispriced. I think um, we're, we're letting nostalgia get the best of us with Hunt. 
And uh, I really think uh, Willis is the play. Here's the thing, dude, though. Hunt may actually have the better cardio of the two. I mean, yeah. Willis Willis cuts significantly to get down to 265. Yeah, but, and, and, and he was gassing against Chase Sherman. Yeah, I mean, come well, on. Yeah, but, okay, but is, is Mark Hunt going to, like, push a pace on him that's going to gas him out? Or is he going to stand there and look for a big shot and throw one strike every – 30 seconds. You friends, know? don't let friends bet guys who lost rounds to Chase Sherman. Oh, let it go. Let it come it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you've harassed him enough about this hoodie that you guys clearly aren't friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say I think I have the best take on this fight in that I don't think it's as one side as either you think. I think it's incredibly close, and I think Hunt gets the small lead. But if you have a strong take, it can make you a lot of money on DraftKings because it is a good GPP fight. Oh, I got a, this one now. There's so much sad stuff on this card. Uh, Tyson Pedro, 9,400, taking on Mauricio Shogun Hua at 6,800. Another guy that I wish would just retire, please. Pedro, a minus 440 favorite. Yep, Tyson Pedro is a minus 440 favorite against one of the greatest of all time, Mauricio Shogun Hua. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm going to leave it. Uh, a guy whose UFC wins are Saperbeg Safarov and Paul Craig and Khalil Roundtree is a minus 440 favorite, and he should be. Sorry, Ty, sorry, Mauricio. Um, yeah, he's he his only wins. Okay, he lost to Anthony Smith last time out. Quick knockout. Beat Jean Vellante in a war. At, he was in a war against Jean Vellante. Not good. He beat. Air quotes beat Corey Anderson in Brazil in 2016. He lost that fight, and that was pretty infuriating because it's the money on Anderson on that one. Um, and he beat Lil Nug. Like, and before that, now we're in 2014 where he's getting knocked out by OSP and Dan Anderson and submitted by Chael Sonnen. Look, Tyson, I mean, Tyson Pedro is just younger, stronger, more athletic. He's got a decent um, ground game submissions. We've seen it. I don't think that Hua can stand in the pocket and trade with them, which is the way he would need to win this fight. Hua has time. one distinct advantage over over Pedro that I'll go over when it's my turn. Body fat. Because nope. um, he's looking a little pudgy now. But give give me an experience. Experience, clearly. But give me Tyson Pedro at 9,400, and it makes me really sad to say that. Um, Chris, you start us off. No, wait. No, yeah. wait. Joe. Joe, you start us Oh. Okay. Okay. So, so, <laughs> okay. So the only reason why Pedro is not my most confident pick on the card is because he's got circa 215 Paul Felder IQ. I mean, he must be one of the stupidest fighters um, in the UFC. He, I've seen this dude snatch defeat from the jaws of victory on several occasions. There's no way he should have lost that fight against the gatekeeper. OSP. I mean, I think it's more embarrassing than than who are getting knocked out by OSP, the way that he lost to OSP. So this on paper, this should be a layup for Pedro, a layup if it weren't for the fact that he's got the fight IQ of a turnup. So I'm going to take Pedro here, but um, like if he gets caught with uh, like elbow while running in for a takedown or, um, you know, I don't know who would just like pass his wind on him and drops him to the ground. I could see bad things happening to Pedro, but you have to be fairly confident that this is a layup for him and that he's going to take this. 
Chris, snap out of your Sunday, your Thursday night football. What do you got for us? Yeah, um, honestly, yeah. If you see my head turning, that's what's going on. But um, yeah, I well, don't don't mind Joe, guys. He's, he always gets a little salty when uh, when certain things happen to him. I um <laughs> look, Tyson Pedro has got a kicking game and an overhand. We saw him use both in the fight with OSP. That's how he dropped OSP. He also dropped Khalil Roundtree with an overhand. Um, but Look, he's a grappler. That's how he beat Paul Craig. That's how he beat Saperbeck Saparov. So that's what he that's where he's gonna go when um when he's trying to finish a fight because that's what he knows. Okay. So we so now Shogun Hua, uh we know what he's gonna do. He's gonna pressure forward and uh you know, wing hooks and and try to get you out of there. Um I'm always interested to see how newer guys handle getting pressured like that. Um Saberbeck Safarov was actually having a little bit of success on the feet before um, he, he was taken down and th- th- that scramble ensued and then the Kamor happened. But, you know, um, uh, who's going to put the pressure on him? And that's always interesting to me, especially since um, Pedro doesn't have a really deep striking game. Um, so, yeah, the, the pick should be um, should be Pedro. I mean, I don't think you can trust to his chin. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a test he has to pass. I think, I think it's a, I, I, that's the way I'll put it. So the, the pick is Tyson Pedro and it wouldn't shock me at all to get a finish, but I think, uh, who is going to come and fight his fight and we're going to see what happens. All right, let's get to it. Junior Dos Santos, 8,300 taking on tie to Ivasa 7,900 in our main event. Dos Santos minus 150 to Ivasa plus 130. Second main event, and for me, second straight upset pick. I'm taking Ty Tuivasa, Junior Dos Santos. Another Asian guy we have to talk about. The way you beat Junior Dos Santos is with pressure. What is Ty Tuivasa going to do? Pressure. Now, I will concede Ty Ty Tuivasa does not cut off angles of the cage well. Hopefully, he's working on that, but it's five rounds. Dos Santos, if he's winning the fight, is not going to push some kind of incredible pace. He's, you know, he's become chinny, as most heavyweights do. Who, who's tend- Asian, Sean? Who's the Asian? Who are you talking Aging. about? Aging. Oh, Aging. Aging. I thought you said Asian. Aging. I'm like, okay. Aging, Another got it. Aging fighter we're talking got it. about. Okay. Got it. So, Dos Santos can be knocked out. He's not going to push a pace on Tuivas. So, Tuivas is going to look to push a pace and be aggressive. And that's where Dos Santos struggles. He can, you know, if he backs straight up like he did against Stipe Miocic, tied Tuivas is going to knock his knock his ass out too. Like there's just that's now granted now the losses on Dos Santos' record are Stipe, Overeem, Kane, Kane. That's different than than um tied Tuivasa. It's a giant step up. And Overeem. Um, and Overeem. I think I said Reem. Um, but. Styles make fights. I like the odds. I like picking against an aging heavyweight. I like the Tuivas is going to pressure here. Um, it's another heavyweight fight that I'm going to stack in cash games. Sorry, Joe, because if Tuivas is winning, I think he goes under-owned and gets, gets a finish. If Dos Santos wins, it's, in my opinion, probably going four or five rounds, and they'll score decent. Like I said, though, I like the pressure of Tuivas to give me him to pull the upset at 7,900. Chris, take us home. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you, and and um, much more troubling, I think, for JDS. It, it wasn't just um, Miocic that did that to him. I mean, even in his last fight with Ivanov, 
who he was supposed to run over and largely did, to be fair. But he even got in trouble in that fight a little bit uh, by getting back in the cage. Like, I was really curious to see um, on the comeback after the PED pop if he had fixed that at all. He really hasn't. Having said that, I'm still picking JDS. The reason for that is, um, look, we saw um, another heavyweight with, well, with this one with deceptively fast hands in uh, a guy who's maybe not known for his, his fast hands in uh, Andre Arlovsky. We saw him tag up, uh, we saw him tag up uh, Tuivasa pretty regularly. And um, I think that um, he's going to have to eat a lot of shots before he's finally able to close that distance and get a chance. So if um, if uh, JDS is keeping him at range and tagging him up, uh, maybe he thinks twice before pushing forward to to you know get him in that get him behind the two black lines and get him in that space. Um, and I also don't think that Tuivasa's game is very deep, which I also think you alluded to. Like even if he pressures him back, I mean, what else does he have? Like you said, he doesn't cut the cage. He doesn't really wrestle. So there's no other real threat in there besides like big strikes. Now, can he land them? Yeah, he can. We've seen that before. But a guy with, with literally like one path to victory, as opposed to like the way better striker, jujitsu guy, if it does hit the mat, even though it probably won't, but if it does, um, I just I just see JDS lighting Tuivasa up. So I'm going to take him here. Uh, maybe I'll have a couple shares of, of – um, of Tuivasa, just in case the um, the inevitable happens, but I just think when when the skill level is this is this pronounced, I don't think I can hang my hat on you know one flaw, no matter how uh, troublesome it, it uh, has reared its ugly head in the past. So give me uh, JDS. Joe, um, I will have some shares of Tuivasa, um, but I don't think JDS is as shot as say Arlovsky. And I think he can fight at range. And I think if this fight goes beyond three rounds, Tui Basa may literally have cardiac arrest. I don't know that his cardio is there. So, you know, give me JDS. Um, the one area where I disagree with you, Sean, is I don't know that this will be a high-scoring fight. Um, I don't think either guy is going to get grappling points. And I don't think either is going to throw enough to, to, to accumulate a lot of points. So... Unless, and I think Tuivasa is probably more likely to get the finish. So I think the floors are relatively low on both these fighters. And I, you know, as much as I'm, I'm picking JDS to win, I think the ceiling might actually be higher on Tuivasa because I think if Tuivasa wins, he does it by by KO. Um, well, it, it might be, but I, I think JDS's floor is generally pretty high because he tends to always – in his wins, he tends to land over 100 significant strikes because he he always throws in combination. Um, fight, I mean, what's he going to score? Like, I think last time he scored 78. 85. Well, how much? 85, yeah. 85. You know, not a lot. I mean, you don't see him with those. Now, especially if you're talking about stacking. If, if JDS wins a decision, this will be a horrible stack. Um, you know, you really need Tuivasa to win if you're even thinking about stacking this fight. Um but anyway, I, I'm I'm I don't even know if I'm playing cash this card. So, um, but anyway, I, I'm picking JDS here. All right, guys, double feature episode. Let's bring it home with hot takes. Mine's pretty easy. It's basically built itself. Both underdogs in the main events are going to win. Yeah, that's my hot take. Okay, I'll um, 
I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here just because that's the point. I, yeah. Well, yeah. And I also, I think it'll make your, I think it's going to make your head explode a little bit, maybe. So that'll always be fun. I'm going to say, um, Alec, Gor- Alec Gorgies gets a stoppage victory over, uh, over Demir is, is here. You are out of your mind. I love it. I knew that was going to happen. Out of your mind. We can't do these episodes anymore. We can't do two cards in one. Chris goes crazy. <laughs> Joe. Wow. Um, my hot take is that wine-colored hoodie sales go up after this pod. Um, no, um, I'm going to uh, – wow. Yeah, see, this is these are such crap. Oof. Uh, my hot take will be that. Why don't you go, Sean? (laughs) You already did go. You gave your hot take. Oh, I'm sorry. You gave your hot take. Both, Uh, both the uh, dogs, the main event will win. If I want to do a secondary one, just to stall for Joe for a second. Oh boy. I will say I'm going to throw two hot takes. Wilson Hayes submits Ben Ten. I don't know if that's that hot, though. It's not? All right. I don't know. Jimmy we just Crew. saw Ben Wynn get submitted, didn't we? Jimmy, Jimmy Crew blasts Paul Craig within 90 seconds. Uh, I don't think – all right. I mean, all right. All right. No, all right. no. Um, let's see. Let's see. Joe, have we vamped enough for you? Because Sean's running out. Yeah, come on. <laughs> let's go. I'm throwing out all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff here. Let's go with okay. – I'm going to go with Mark Hunt by finish over Justin Willis. Oh, that's boo. It's hot. It's hot as far as I'm concerned because I don't. I I don't think it's gonna happen at all. So, okay. How about Paul Craig by submission? Oh, get the hell out of here! What, what, that's the only way he does win, Joe. <laughs> this is crazy. I we're, have great takes for these cards. We're, we're all losing our minds. You know, we've thrown a bunch of specific stuff, we're contradicting each other in these. So, yeah. um, yeah. Can I? I do think all the fights we just contradicted each other on, except for Kumchenko, except for Ismagulov, is um, those are GPP fights. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be crazy? Okay, somebody somebody in chat, somebody in chat is telling me that Wilson Hayes by sub is plus four ten. So I'll, I'll allow that. I'll allow that. Um, the other the other thing is, um, what we really need to talk about is how freaking awesome, even without Moicano um, on the card, that that December eighth card in Toronto is going to be. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm unfortunate that Moicano did not get get rebuffed. However, he is now the alternate. Should anything happen to either Ortega or Holloway, we'll get so, to see Moicano in there. And that's the card we're going to talk about next week on Fight IQ. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Cards. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free. Check out all their paid, usually paid content for 10 days for free, no credit card required. Guys, this was fun. Everybody listening, we appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck in your contest. Guys, I'll talk to you next week. Hashtag fight IQ on Sirius. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag fight IQ on Sirius. I like it. John John Church, you're my boy. Start that uh, hashtag up for us. Guys, good All luck right. in your contest. We'll see you. All yeah. right. Hey. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.